Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to Wallow the Cobblers, Northampton Town fanzine, reborn in podcast form. I'm Tom Reed and today I'm joined by a right winger. It was a pleasure to watch full flow for the Cobblers, a key part of the Colin Coldwood promotion season. The man known affectionately by fans as J-Lo. It's Josh Lowe. Hello, Josh. Hiya, Tom. You okay? I'm good, mate. Do you remember your little nickname? Yeah, no, I definitely do. I definitely do. That's one of the things that definitely stands out from my time at Northampton. And um, yeah, it was always nice uh, yeah, to hear the fans singing that. I say it's been a while, but yeah, it was nice. Yeah, I remember, I remember those days fondly, actually. And I, I would suggest probably your best vein of form was at Northampton looking back at your career and you just got some real consistency and stuff going at, you know, in some good times. Yeah, we had, I was really lucky there. I mean, I, I, I was bought in from Oldham and then we had three, uh, I had three really good years there. So we had two playoffs, which obviously disappointed me. We didn't win, but two playoff semifinals and then, uh, and then a promotion. So yeah, it was three, it was three really good years. Looking back on it, I was just sort of dissecting your career a bit and just your little, like you said, your cobblers, part of your career, some just real, real, all on the up and some some real sort of tense games and some classic sort of playoff games. But before we talk about that, let's just have a little quick talk about your formative years in football and you're a Bristol, Bristol lad and uh, are you a Bristol Rovers fan? Because you, you signed on like schoolboy terms for Bristol Rovers, didn't you? I did, yeah. So I signed for Bristol Rovers when I was 12. I actually uh, was a Bristol City fan when I was younger because my dad used to take me along. My dad was a City fan. So yeah, I used to go along and watch them when I was a, when I was a young kid. And then, But they did never pick me up. Got picked up by Bristol Rovers at 12 and then went through their system and uh, yeah, and ended up signing professionally and, and then playing for Bristol Rovers. Um, came up through the uh, schoolboy ranks at Bristol Rovers and then... Um, uh, made my debut when I was I just turned 17 um, in 96 and then uh, had two years I think it was two two three years at Bristol Rovers as a pro and then uh, yeah and then moved on on my sort of adventures around the country from there. Can you remember the um, playoff final against sorry semi-final against Northampton and that was in 98 when uh, we we lost three. Northampton lost three one in the first leg, and then we uh, we beat Bristol Rovers in the second leg. I was under yeah, Ian was Holloway. There. It's a bit there. I was there. there. Yeah, I was there for the game. So I was not. I was injured, so I wasn't in the squad. But I travelled up with a load of the other sort of injured and and not selected players. We came up on a minibus um, and we watched the game. Yeah, so I watched it at uh, at the ground and um, and uh, yeah, obviously it wasn't good. It wasn't good for Bristol Rovers at the time, but but a great result for Northampton. Yeah, I've spoken to various uh, Cobblers players from that that team, and the, the uh, Northampton were bang up for it that night. And Sixfields was really raucous, so it's a really interesting um, one of the sort of first introductions for Northampton for you. And it you know how weird football is. You sort of came to end up at Northampton, but um, you left Bristol Rovers, and fair to say, a bit of a what do you call it? A bit of a travelling period. You went to Farnborough, didn't you, in Cardiff on loan, and Leighton Orient for a little bit. Yeah. So when I was at Bristol Rovers, I had a a month on loan at Farnborough, um, and then uh, which was good for me. Got some got some games and uh, scored some goals for them, and sort of got got me moving. And then um, yeah, went back to Bristol Rovers. Wasn't really looking like I was going to break into the team. Had a few games here and there, so I decided I needed to move on. So I went to Leighton Orient in London, um, and I signed three years for Leighton Orient. But I just 
I was only, I think I was 18 maybe at the time. And I just didn't settle in London. Just like I was living in digs, was away from family. It just wasn't right for me. So after a few months, I went and sort of spoke to the management and I played a few games, scored my first league goal for Leighton Orient. Just said that, that I was, you know, I, I didn't want to, basically I wanted to quit. I was, I'd had enough at that point. I didn't really want to play anymore. And they said, look, you know, go home, have a week, have a think about it, see, see how you want, see what you want to do and then come back. So I went home, came back and then, and then um, uh, Cardiff came in on loan for me and they said, look, go to Cardiff, have a month there, so you get on. Went to Cardiff and then uh, did well there and ended up signing at Cardiff. And then, uh, and then that was the, sort of the, the point of my career where I really got going. Played sort of, I think, around 100 games for Cardiff, had a promotion, um, various things. And then that, that was the, the, yeah, say the period that really got me moving. What division Cardiff were Cardiff in that, at that point? Um... So League One when I joined. Um, sure. And then we were relegated the first season. And then uh, Sam Haman came in that summer and we had some new players, new uh, manager came in and then we were promoted the following season. Sure. Who was the manager? Um, I can't quite recall. We had Alan Cork um, was the manager when we went up. Uh, yeah, so he was uh, the guy that Sam brought in with Bobby Gould as well. And then, uh, yeah, they, so they were the ones who took us up. The, the manager when I signed was... Frank Burrows was the manager when I signed, um, who's actually passed away now. So yeah, but um, but yeah, we had, uh, uh, had some some great years at Cardiff, really really good times. Yeah, Cork, um, the a lot of experience there, wasn't there? With uh, I think that Wimbledon connection there, some a lot of a lot of experience as manager. So that must have brought you on a bit. And then um, you travelled like geographically quite a lot around. So you went to Orient and then to Wales and then to Oldham Athletic. So how did that move come about? So Oldham. Yeah, so I played at Cardiff. We'd been promoted, uh, had a season in League One. Uh, manager changed again. Lenny Lawrence came in and wasn't uh, didn't particularly fancy me at the time. Um, so I wasn't getting as many games as I would have liked. And then um, start of the, I can't remember the season, which one it was, but the start of that next season, um, he, he said that uh, you know there was various clubs interested, and so I was basically surplus to requirements. So I went up and I um, met Ian Dowie, Oldham. And I loved him, loved loved what they were trying to do up there, and and thought it seemed like a really good club, same division, so League One as well. So I I signed up there for for two years, and um, and then yeah, we had a really 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 good season. We I think we got to the playoff semi-finals that season and we would have played Cardiff in the final at the Millennium Stadium but we were beaten by QPR in the semi-finals 1-0 so I was I was absolutely gutted because I would have I would have loved to obviously having left Cardiff I'd have loved to have played against them in the final in the Millennium um, but uh, but yeah unfortunately we, we were beaten in the semi-finals. I think you just missed there was another player I spoke to called Carlo Corazon he played for uh, Oldham but I think he might have just left just the year before you no, joined. No no he was there Carlo oh, was there. he? Yeah, Carlo was there, yeah. So when I joined, he was there. I can't remember if he stayed the whole season, but yeah, he was definitely there when I joined. Yeah, yeah, so I'm, I know him. He's a good guy, and I was just interested to read about it. Funnily enough, he won the uh, Gold Cup for Canada and beat um, Columbia, and then um, struggled to get in the Northampton team. So that's just uh, <laughs> a go figure. Uh, <laughs> I just thought we'll work in way. Northampton. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So... Good time at Oldham, but only a, only a single season. And then your good form must have attracted Northampton. I think was the manager at that point Martin Wilkinson. Yes, that's right. Yeah, so so yeah, Oldham we'd got into the uh, the playoffs and lost in the semi final, and so we were unlucky not to go to the championship that year. We had a good side, and then that summer the club went into administration. And they stopped paying us about a month before the end of the season, and. Um, yeah, the the club was really struggling, and then Oldham chairman, I think, was trying to sell the club, and then uh, Northampton came in, spoke to the manager, and th- at that point, although it was dropping down a division, Northampton were really, you know, looking to do do things the right way. They were investing. New owners had just come in. Sixfields was not uh, Sixfields was looking very new at that point. I can't remember how old the stadium was at then, but it, you know, it was all the club was looking like it was really pushing on. There was a lot of plans to develop the stadium, da da da, stuff like that. And I just really fancied the project and I knew some of the other players they were looking to sign. So I thought hopefully we'd make a quick return from League Two back to League One and then push on. It didn't quite 
turn out that way but uh but yeah it was uh that was what brought me down there and uh and it was I couldn't wait to get going when I got down there Martin Wilkinson is a bit of a uh undiscussed figure and he just he's in this whole story a bit of a bit part player really but what 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 was he like and he was only there for a short period and he ended up getting sacked and he mm-hmm. plays for with but what was Martin Wilkinson like then yeah, he was really nice, really nice guy. I think Martin had been a had been a chief scout, if I'm right, um, for quite a number of years, and then had had I don't quite know the story, but had had, had fallen into the the manager's job, and and Martin was I think everyone who you speak to about him would just say he was a lovely guy, really he was a good coach and a and a really good man. Was he? Was he a manager? He wasn't, you know, as hard as you'd expect a lot of managers, and he probably maybe a little bit too nice at times. But, but like I say, a great guy, and I got on really well with him, and um, and you know, he he was part of the reason I, I went down there. But but yeah, he didn't he obviously didn't didn't stay in the job too long. No, um, you you came in with um, Mike Wilkinson, and we should discuss the fact that you uh, you came in for a fair whack for Cobblers, about two hundred and forty thousand, something like that, and still the uh, record fee paid for Northampton, aren't you? That's an interesting. Yeah, fact. yeah, I think we mentioned it. I think it might, given the current financial issues in football, it, it might be a while as well before. Northampton break that so so yeah I might you know never know I might hold that <laughs> I might hold that record for a little while yet but um but yeah it, at the time it was it was a big outlay for them there'd been a few of us that had come in so um I can't remember exactly but we'd signed a few players that summer um for sort of around 50 100 grand da, da, da. so there was yeah there was a few the few lads had come in and said it was the club was really really pushing forward and really looking to do things you know and, and, and push up through the division so it was a there was a real excitement about the place when I joined definitely I remember there was some talk about the the, the figures going around and um you know certain fees paid and stuff like that but if you look at the the team we we had at that point there was some some quality in there so I'm just looking at it now there Lee Harper in goal who was a capable keeper there was Luke Chambers who went on to a very good career play for yeah. people like Forrest and Ipswich I think he's still going now he was really good yeah. do you remember yeah. do you remember him yeah well, no I, I spoke to Chamber not that long ago um yeah so I caught up with him a, a little while back and yeah he's 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 yes yeah, I think still playing he was uh, anyway last season and uh, yeah, done done really really well. Really really good lad. So he was just breaking through at that point. He was seventeen. It was his first season. So yeah, he's he's done really well. He came from the youth system and uh, obviously had that quality and strength of character to go on to better things. Um, Ashley Westwood was a you know quite a what's the word quite a big character in the defence. Uh, Paul Trollope, he had a good career. I think he might have played for Cardiff actually. And um, uh, in the centre there, Chris Hargreaves, obviously. A lot of yeah. quality about him, you know, another big character. Um, Mark Richards, who played for Northampton and, you know, secondarily, but mm. very good. He came in from Blackburn, I think. Um, Eric Sabah or Eric Sabin. Yes, Eric Sabin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Eric was there. Our French connection. Yeah. And we had we don't get many uh, overseas players in Northampton, so we any, any sort of uh, foreign <laughs> we get interested by. Yeah. Uh, Derek Asamara as well. The, the Yeah. 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 Yeah, Derek was there to start with, and then I don't again didn't play as many games when I was there, but went on and and, and was, you know forged a, a decent career at some other clubs as well. We had um, Martin Smith on the left wing as well. Who came oh in yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, Smudge was there as well. Who again I speak to um, fairly regularly. So yeah, he was there. You no, know, we had a we had a we had a good squad. We we have a good squad and. Uh, yeah, well, we we obviously ended up in the playoffs that season, but it was it was just it was a bit frustrating that we didn't get up sooner and and sort of get things moving more quickly. We 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 should say that I think it was this season where Martin Wilkinson got sacked fairly early on, and Colin Calderwood came in. Yeah, Martin uh, Wilkinson, not particularly a big name in football, and you know a bit more of a coach, Stoke Scout sort of guy, but yeah, uh, Colin came, comes in obviously a very good footballing pedigree himself, plays for Tottenham and. Uh, just, I think that you can explain, but probably put some, it's all some class into the into the, the running of the club, really. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, the gaffer came in and he, um, he, things, the sort of professionalism and the, the training, everything stepped up a level. Um, yeah. It was, you know, you could definitely feel that we were 
there was a step up in in the expectation levels and and uh, around the club and, and all that type of stuff so it was really good and um and, and the gaffer was really good and his assistant Dave Kurzek I got on with really really well so no I was really pleased and they and they obviously sad for for Martin because he brought me to the club but but you know these things do happen in football and, and kind of come in and yeah we, we definitely from that point on we were we were we were gunning for promotion definitely. How did your personal game develop because I remember you as a, a, a roaring winger who, when you got into your stride, were hard to, to nip the ball off. And you, you used to, like, drop the shoulder and stuff like that. And you like to sort of shimmy and create, like, either crosses or try and score the odd goal. How, how did you personally try and develop your game that period? Yeah, so I think, so I started off, so in, in the Northampton years, I played predominantly uh, wide midfield. Um, previous to that, I'd played as a wing back for Cardiff and Oldham. Um, so... Mm pretty much been on my own on the wings and so my game needed to develop as I came to Northampton because when you become a when you're a winger as opposed to a wing back you're you need to have a, a little bit more you need to step inside a bit more um you need to you play a bit further up the field obviously as a wing back you're doing more defending as well so so yeah my game did change and and I think and and Colin and, and, and Dave Kerslake had a big influence on that you know in terms of me stepping inside a bit more and and trying to get involved in the play at times whereas like you say to start with I probably was just to get it and, and and get down the wing as much as I could so so it did it definitely developed and I think um improved over the three years I was there who who would in that first season who would you say your sort of most favorite players to play with in terms of feeding you and you sort of interlinking with was there any that stood out uh, Martin Smith yeah I mean Martin was uh, you know, one of the best players I played with in my career. Really, really top top player. Who'd obviously been at Sunderland. Um, you know, uh, been in the Sheffield United in the Championship. He'd scored lots of goals, and he just had that. I think you speak to anyone around that time. He just had that football brain, and he would often he'd step coming off the left side, step into the little sort of hole behind the front two, pick up the ball and then I make runs and he'd inevitably be the one that would pick you out. So I think at the time, yeah, all of us were um were were, were grateful for Martin for his assists and his passes and yeah, he was um yeah, a really really good player. I think uh, football brain sums up really well because uh, just a natural footballer and just the sort of player that a footballer's footballer, a player that you'd every um, club would want in their in their team really, and just just someone you can rely on, and and with that intelligence as well. That season, it started as most sort of playoff seasons do, sort of built to a crescendo. I remember we played Man United in the FA Cup as well, but I'm not sure that you were you were, you played that that game. I got injured. Yeah, I was gutted. I got injured, so no, I didn't play. Obviously, it was there, but I um yeah, I was I can't remember what the injury was, but I got I got injured a week or so before the game, so uh, so no, I did miss that one. But yeah, that would have been would have been a great one to play. And obviously, Ronaldo played, and I think Skulls played, and yeah, it was um yeah, it was a it was a bit of a gutter to miss, but but there you go. Sure. Uh, I remember Ronaldo had some sort of like um, spaghetti in his hair. He, had, he was trying some. Uh... <laughs> but to be fair, he can he can he can he can put whatever he wants in his hair because it just went on to. And he was just the king of the stepovers. Although I think Derek Casemiro said that he could do more in the press than uh, Ronaldo. I don't remember. <laughs> but uh, that I season, think, go on. I think, I think we said to. I think I remember Chris Carruthers, who was one of the, again one of the young lads coming through the system at that point. I'm sure he played left back that day against him. And, yeah. um, and I think we said to Chris after the game that he'd, he'd put another 20 million on uh, Ronaldo's valuation <laughs> <laughs> after, you let him, after you let him skip past him. But yeah, no, it was, it was a great occasion. And uh, yeah, they were, they were, I mean, top, top players, really, really good. So that, that season starts building up head of, head of um, steam. And often I've looked at a lot of Cobbler's seasons, you know, successful ones. And there's, there's obviously a few sticky patches. I think we lost a couple in a row and stuff like that. But then towards the end in April, we got ahead of steam up, beat Swansea. Um, who else did we beat? Uh, Oxford at home, beat Hull away. That's quite a good result. Um, and it all built up to, we played Mansfield the game before we played him in the playoffs. That's rather strange. Don't remember to be honest. <laughs> I remember playing the I remember the playoffs, but I don't remember if we played them before that. Um, yeah, the final game of the season looks like we played Mansfield and we beat them. Okay. And then 
then we played him obviously the two leg playoffs. So the first game, this yeah. this period for me is a bit sort of sketchy. I, I've followed Cobra since the early nineties, but there's certain seasons where I can't really remember a lot about it. But we lost two 0 in the first leg. Yeah, at six. Do you remember the game? Yeah, yeah. I, I I don't remember much about the game. I remember losing. I remember losing two nil. Um, and I just remember being gutted and feeling completely deflated. But um, yeah, I don't remember a great. I don't remember. I don't think we played that well. I don't think. Well, I, yeah, it doesn't stick out in my mind. But um, but the, the the second leg definitely stuck stuck out a bit more. Yeah, do you want to talk the, the listeners through how that that went down? You know, we we we, we came back. Obviously, we first leg lost two 0 Second yeah. leg up for it and. Yeah. Two, to them in their in, in their backyard at Mansfield, or one three yeah, three yeah. one normal time, but it was. I think we went three nil up. I'm sure we went three nil up in that one. Yeah, is that right? Yeah. So, um, yeah, we went three nil up. So obviously at that point we're going through, um, and yeah, it would have been <laughs> would have been an unbelievable turnaround. And I'm sure they yeah, they nicked one, took it into extra time, and then and then obviously it goes to penalties. Um, I actually came off in extra time, so I didn't didn't take a penalty. But um, but yeah, and then and then we yeah, we obviously we lost on penalties again. I can't recall who missed or who scored. But I think Saban, Eric missed. Eric missed. That was right. He did. Yes, he did. He did. Yeah. Um. Yes, yeah, so which was really sad for obviously for all of us, but for Eric and yeah, we were gutted because I think I think if we I think if we could have gone up that season, you know, being the first sort of season that we'd had all the new players join and the new manager come in and the momentum, I think we really could have kicked on. And uh, and it was yeah it was a, it was a real real gutter real real gutter not to go up and and for me as well because I dropped down a division to come to Northampton I I wanted to get back up as quick as I could so that was that uh, was particularly frustrating. How does it feel when you've had a whole season and it, it's building to a crescendo and then you lose on one single penalty? It, it must be you know kicking the, the ball. Well, yeah, I mean. So throughout my career, I was involved in six playoffs um, and only one of those resulted in a final. And um, and I actually never went up in the playoffs. So I was involved in six playoffs, never won. But fortunately, I had three promotions, so direct promotions. So my experience of the playoffs was was always pretty bad. Um, and uh, and yeah, to 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 get to, and and particularly five of those six were semi-final losses as well so which is even worse you don't even get to go to the final and um you know and have that sort of big occasion so so yeah my experience of the playoffs was was not great and um although although I, I i count myself lucky that i was always involved in teams that were at the top of the division and fighting for promotion um yeah it was uh, it was it is a real gutter because you obviously Sometimes you just miss out on promotion before you drop into the playoffs, or other times you can sort of creep up on the playoffs, and then you have that extra two, three weeks on the season, and then and then bam, you're back where you started again. So yeah, it's a real, real gutter for all of us. Sure, the the momentum thing as well, I think is is important because you were saying that if we'd have gone up then, mm. the finances would have been slightly straighter and there'd, there'd been a bit more money, and you could have built on what you what you had. But when you don't go up, people, the budget needs to be adjusted, and it's sort yeah. it's almost like one step back again, isn't it? And you're just like, oh, right, yeah. let's go again. Yeah, it really is. It's, it's it's hard to gather yourself and go again when you're looking at you know the the teams you could be playing in the division above, or you know, then readjusting yourself, thinking right next year we you know we're playing against the teams that have just come up from the conference, or you know, it's a is there's a big difference between you know League Two and League One, and uh, the same with all divisions. There's a big difference, but um, it, yeah, it's mentally hard to 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 be so close to going up and then have to go again. And, and uh, yeah, obviously we did that on twice. So yeah, it was tough. In fairness, uh, though, the you know you dusted yourself off and <coughs> went and came strong again. And, and another season which finished in the playoffs, um, he brought the 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 gaffer brought in. I think this was a season when people like Andy Kirk came in, Scott McLeish. Yes, yeah, that's right. Yeah, Kirky, yeah, yeah, and Scott came in. Yeah, we both again did really, really well. Scott McLeish, um, phenomenal goal scorer for the club uh, over that season and the next season, and and Kirky as well did did well. Um, yeah, we we, I mean, you know, again, we should I think we should have got up that second season. It was, um, 
but you know we were building momentum and and thank god we um we smashed through eventually by the by the third year yeah um that's 2004-5 season was in in a way almost a bit like a image to an extent we've we finished seventh we had a bit of a cup run we played southampton in the fa cup i remember yeah or the league cup maybe i think it was a league cup uh, I think it was both of actually, but we definitely I think was, played, we played them twice. Yeah, we definitely played yeah. them twice. So um, yeah, I do I do remember that. I think you played in the game. I think they had up front Peter Crouch and Kevin Phillips, which is a little and large strike force. We were really hard to handle. I remember they did. Yeah, they did. One of the games, so they had yeah Kevin Phillips and Peter Crouch played. Jamie Redknapp played as well because I've got a, I've got a picture of me and Jamie Redknapp somewhere knocking about. Um, and uh, I I always remember they had a left back. Who played for Southampton, which was obviously directly up against me. Um, Van Dam, his name was, um, who they'd signed from Ajax for about five million, and he gave he, he absolutely taught me a lesson in one of the games. I could not, he couldn't get the ball off him. He was just doing whatever he wanted, picking passes, and I expected, fully expected him to go on and have an unbelievable career. And yeah, he ended up sort of disappearing from Southampton. I think. We ended up back in Belgium and, and played over there, but um, but yeah, they had some great players and, and particularly Kevin Phillips was so sharp. Yeah, such a real real good experience always to play against players like that. But he he particularly stood out in those games. I remember Kevin Phillips and Crouch just a, a brilliant combination because no uh, Peter Crouch no one could get near in the air and then he just knock it down and Kevin Phillips had <laughs> such amazing movement and anticipation that it was you know we lost that game. He was he was so sharp, Kevin Phillips. Honestly, I say obviously Peter Crouch is incredibly difficult to, to deal with for, for you know he's had an amazing career. But but Kevin Phillips was um, yeah just uh, I was so impressed with how how quickly he moved between the lines, how quickly he drop into holes. Everything he did was just a, a sort of top acceleration and uh, yeah very 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 good player. And you can see why he did so well in his career. That season. Was quite interesting actually, in a way, because we had we had Russian and Diamonds in our league at that point, I think, and they were sort of yeah. local grudge matches. Remember the games we then? I do. I remember. I remember beating them at their place. I think I came off the bench for one of those games. But yeah, I remember. I, I remember that the atmosphere was always good, especially. Um, yeah. I remember particularly. I remember one of the away games. Can't remember remember the home game, but yeah, I do remember one of the away games. I was obviously getting particular stick from their fans, which was nice when we uh, when we came over the win. But but yeah, they uh, they 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 disappeared away quite quite quickly after after coming quite strong and having a lot of investment. They 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 fell away again. Yeah, sure, and um, just a season of little runs as well. About December, we won four in a row. I'm just trying to you mm. scored. Your scoring was maybe something you can talk about, actually. You did actually score twice. Do you remember this? Against Macclesfield away, 18th of December, 2004. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> you got a double. You got a double, Josh. Did I? Yeah, well, this yeah. is according to Wikipedia. Might okay. be wrong. No, no, I'll, I'll, uh, no, no, I'll, I'll, I'll take that. I, honestly, my... My, I, if I saw them, I'm sure I'd, I remember scoring against Macclesfield. I do remember scoring in a game against them, but I'm sure that was in our year we went up, the promotion year. Uh, um, it might but, be, I might be wrong, but let's talk about your scoring because yeah. you were very capable on the wing and taking players on and providing. Was that something that you 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 know you wish you did better with scoring a few more goals or? Yeah, I don't think I scored enough goals. I'll be honest. Um, I think uh, I can't remember. I, I used to average between sort of. Six and twelve was my sort of scoring range. I think mm-hmm. um, a season. I think in the year we went up. I think I want to say I scored twelve. I could be wrong. <laughs> it might be less than that. It might have been about eight. But um, but yeah, I, I I should have definitely scored more goals. Should have scored more goals. I um, but then I I did create a lot of goals. I think I think in the season we went up. I had a hand in half of our goals that season, either scoring or assisting. So, um, so I was I was always involved, but but definitely should have should have scored more. I tended to go on little runs. I tended to have like I'd score and then I'd score for two, three, four weeks in a row or or in little succession. Now I'd go five or six, seven, eight games without scoring. So I tend to I tended to have little bursts. Yeah, I guess as a, a winger as well, no one really counts. Assists do count. 
But it would be to go back now and find your assists and people that can provide assists are unsung, unsung heroes. But looking at the end of that season, uh, and yet another good little run got us into the playoffs. Yeah. Funnily enough, you scored, according to Wikipedia, <laughs> against Lincoln City at home, which is no, a I remember that. local match. But I remember scoring a goal near the end. I remember because I saw it on video, actually, not that long ago. I, I loved it over the keeper. So, yeah, I do remember that one. The final game of the season, beating Kidderminster. So that sets up. You scored. So you scored two in that as well. You're just on fire. I remember that one. Yeah, yeah. No, I do remember that one. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, and that's obviously pushed us into the playoffs against uh, Southend. That first leg against Southend look, it looks a nervy affair, nil-nil. Do you remember that at all? Personally? Yeah, at home. That was at home, wasn't it? Yeah, I remember it being a horrible. Honestly, the playoffs, my memories of the playoffs are that they are horrendous games. You you just, nobody wants to make a mistake. Um you know, you're desperate to win. The, the pressure's on, the fans are, and you just, you know, no semi-finals. All you want to do is get to the final. You don't care how you play. You just want to get through to the final so that you can, you know, get an opportunity. And nine times out of ten, they're not, they're not great games. And that, that one, I remember being not a very good game. So, nil-nil, that sort of leaves it on a knife edge for the second leg. And then we go to Roots Hall, South Bend for the second one. And that's clearly another, another nervy one. But, yeah, Freddie Eastwood scores. Um, yeah, good player. When you were playing on the wing, did you? How much defending were you expected to do at that point? Um, I think it depended really who was playing behind me, but um, you were always expected to help out your fullback. So, and obviously, if there was an, you know, if you're if the fullback I was up against was overlapping, then that was I was expected to follow him. Um, it's something I always thought, especially because I played wing back when I was younger something I always prided myself on that I would always you know do my defensive duties and um and I don't think there's any fullback who played behind me who ever complained that I didn't help them out so uh so yeah something I always prided myself on that ability to to track back is always good in a winger because you know a lot of wingers actually just want to attack which is fair enough in fact really. um, <laughs> do you remember the feeling of losing out again in the, in the playoffs against South End? The first year, I think because we went 3-0 up against Mansfield as well, I think I felt like we and, I, and we were all so desperate to go up that first year. I felt like we sort of expected and almost, you know, it was it was more expected that we were going to go up that year. Whereas the second year against South End, I just felt they were, I remember feeling they were a better team than us. And even though it was very close in the games, I, I think they were the better side and although again it was it was incredibly disappointing because you know you're facing another year in League Two and and you got to go again. It was I think actually my memory of the game is not as I don't remember being as gutted as I was the year previous to that just because I thought they were a good side and I think it showed after that because Southend then went on and got promoted from League One and and ended up playing in the Championship with that with that pretty much that same team. So so um so yeah they were they were a good side and I think you know probably better than us that year. I guess it must be difficult, though, just as an you know, ambitious sort of guy, and you know, 99% of footballers want to push themselves as much as possible, just to find in being part of a, a very capable side, mm. just just like that close to, you know, going on and moving on, but then being stuck in the same league. You're like, well, well this, yeah, Tom, I mean, careers are, careers are made and, and lost that way, you know, because, you know, think if we'd have gone up first year, I mean, well, I played in six playoffs, you know, six playoffs, if I'd have if I'd have gone up in half of those, I'd have played, you know, another three or four uh, seasons in my career in a higher division. You know, I would have played in the championship more, you know, at least one or more seasons than than I did. So it's tough. It is really tough. And and you know, you can sometimes you can you can nick a promotion, and that's and that can be the making of you. You know, you do well in the next division, you know, and and that can set you up. So it is, it it can make or break careers. It really can. So yeah, it was, it was disappointing, really disappointing. Not, you know, not to get out of that league and and get the club moving forward. I can imagine how, how did Colin Calder respond? Because personally for him, he was a successful player and 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 an ambitious sort of guy and a guy with a will to win. How did he respond to, after two disappointments to say the third time, right, this is it, we're going to do it all so this time. How, how, how did it change? Yeah, it's an interesting question. I I mean, we were always, it was, everything was very professional and very sort of laid out with um, with Colin. And it didn't really change that much in terms of his approach, how we went about things. 
you know, I, I only remember coming back for that third season and, and, you know, it was as with every season at Northampton, the expectation at that time was for us to go up and, I, and that definitely didn't change. Um, I think there was a, I think from Colin's point of view, there was more of an urgency about him in that final season, because I think, and he, he may say differently, but I believe he, he, he knew that he needed a promotion in order to move on in his career, his manager, his managerial career. I think he needed to take us up. And sure. so I, I think, I think, we all felt that a little bit more in that third season, but he he made some really really good signings that that summer, and I think that was the sort of difference that 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 kicked us on was the the, the players he brought in, a bit that bit of experience that he brought in, and, uh, and and just enabled us to go that extra step. Yeah, that's a good point. And when um, when we're talking about experience, we're talking about Sean Dyche, who <laughs> yeah. clearly is not just a capable footballer and a and a, and a real dependable footballer and a, a real presence in the dressing room is now a you know let's call it a world-class manager because he is um how do you remember playing with, with Sean yeah so um I remember Dicey really well so he we sit next to each other on the bus um and uh yeah um got on really well with him and his family we used to go and see him and his wife and his kids and and he's come over to our house so yeah really got on well with, with uh, Dicey really really great guy um great great will to win you could always you know and you always knew he was gonna he was gonna move on into coaching he you know he had that air about him we, we couldn't have a team meeting without without um without Daishi you know standing up and saying something or disputing <laughs> disputing some something that had happened you know or going over the video and yeah so he, he was always a big big loud character and you could definitely tell he was he was going to go on and, and and do things but he was great just great to have around the place really really that little bit of experience and um, along with um, Ian Jess uh, and uh, Tails as well, um, who came in. Yeah, we had that that sort of spine of experience that we really needed. I've spoken to uh, a guy who was very young at that point, but he's a guy called Ryan Gilligan, who um, I think he's yeah. a trainer. Yeah, yeah. He just said that Sean Dyche, uh, you could have a laugh with him and stuff, but when it was time to be professional and play and stuff that way he drew, he drew the line and that's probably where his man, management comes in and stuff as a manager and also his success I think he, he could probably combine both really yeah I mean he's had to you know Daishi had a, a real desire to win I think that the change that season was we had um uh yeah so obviously Ian Jess who had played at higher level and 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 you know had an expectation of the standards Daishi again who had played at higher levels and had an expectation of the standards and the the you know the, the things that we needed to be doing day in day out in order to be successful and um and uh tells yes again again great experience you know played at the highest level and again they just all three of those three just uh, you know they put demands on the younger players that maybe we hadn't had in the previous years and drove us all a little bit and and also were a sort of something that the as younger players you could lean on a bit when things weren't going so well you know they they would they would keep us going and keep us believing in what we were doing and you know I think we had quite a few results that year where in quite a few tight games where we might have not played great but we ended up winning games and and that was a lot down to those three players in particular and how we we could stick in games more which we maybe would have lost in previous years definitely the the, the match management uh, kicked in really well and just seeing out games and all the all the the really boring stuff but which is really important in galvanizing the team to automatic promotion did we have Jason Crow then? Because he was a really good player. Yes, yeah, Crowe came in. Yes, yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah. No, you remind me. Crowe came in that year as well and, and had an amazing season. Yeah, did fantastically well. Crowe um, was a was a really really good signing. Yeah, so I think. Did he play behind you then and on the right? No, so I think, I'm sure Crowe played left back. Did he? All right. I, so I always remember sure, his right back later on. I'm sure Chamber was playing right back. Possibly, um, yeah. Or Pedge. Um, Pedge Bojic as well came in and I'm sure he played right back quite a bit of that season but um my, my memory of Crowe is that he played left back I could be, I could be wrong Crowe will probably no, I could be me. right and he was uh he, he was a, a good ball carrier as well and a very capable player yeah. there was also 
Chris Doig as well in defence. Yeah, Doigie, that's right. Yeah, came in at centre half. Yeah, yeah, and, had, and did well as well. So yeah, we had. I mean, we we made some good signings definitely that that summer, and uh, well, I mean, it showed at the end of the season. Funnily enough, there was another little cup runner as well. I ended up playing Palace FA Cup round three. I scored in that one. I remember that. Uh, right. Okay. That's <laughs> what you did according to Wikipedia. It's true. That's true. That, that is true. Okay. I yeah. We... I can't remember your goal, but <laughs> sorry. Well, no, well, I can. <laughs> Talk us through it, Josh. Talk us through it. We went. We went one nil up. It was. Um, I don't know what the. Yeah. One. One nil up. Uh, which are. Which was obviously great for us, and we played really well that day. We played really well, but um, but they, uh, yeah, they had some real quality. I think Andy Johnson played. I think he may have scored. Um, yeah, they, they had they had some real quality, and uh, and obviously went on and and went into the prem, and and a lot of those players did very well. Looking at it, it was, I remember it was at um, Selhurst Park, and it's quite a crisp day, yeah, you know, just after Christmas. And if you look at who scored for Palace, it, yeah, it just shows you the quality they had. So they obviously John. Joby McEnough scored, who was a very good player. Yeah. And Dougie Friedman, who went on to be a successful manager. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, losing against them. But another season where, whereby, you know, things were ticking over pretty well. And I think that season we beat Peterborough as well. I remember the Peterborough game because I broke my foot. Oh, like, right. Sorry about that. <laughs> like, that I, didn't, game I didn't record the game at home. Yeah, the game at home. I uh, can't remember his blooming name now. Tackle from a left winger. I can't remember his name. But um, yeah, we, uh, yeah, I broke uh, two bones in my foot. So yeah, that was that game definitely sticks out in the memory. And in the uh, foot as well. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I was going to ask you, actually, did you ever um, suffer any... Was it, would you call that a bad injury? Is that more like a metatarsal type thing, or was that a? Uh, yeah, it was like a metatarsal. Yes, yeah. so it was about six weeks. So no, I mean, I I was incredibly fortunate. I had one, I had or two operations in my whole career. Uh, one on my knee when I was about seventeen, which was which was not you know not a massive operation. And then again, I had double hernia when I was at Northampton. Um, so I had to have an operation on that. But apart from that, it was only really sort of like soft tissue injuries like I obviously had that broken foot but um I suffered like hamstring injury you know the odd sort of muscle injury and stuff like that but generally no I was I was incredibly incredibly lucky during my career I didn't really have any you know where I was out for two three four months anything like that I guess uh, double hernias as a winger who uses your you know your hips and your rotation and stuff but that must have been still quite a bit of an inconvenience. Was that a chronic injury as well? Was that, did that affect you for a while? or? You yeah, I'd, I'd been carrying it uh, for a while. Oh, I can't remember which season it was, whether it was the last season. or I can't remember. But um, but yeah, I'd been carrying it for a while and then obviously got to a point where I had to have the opportunity. But by that point, um, I had this, it was a keyhole operation and I think I was back playing within within four weeks. So um so yeah, I was I was I was quite fortunate really in that in that respect. Yeah, no, generally I was I was I was yeah quite lucky over my career really because injuries again it can you know they can derail a, a player's career if you you know you, you certain injuries can can end your career or, or can mean that you you get you're out of the team and that's it you never know someone else takes your place and by the time you get back your your place is gone so it's yeah it's always tough for players so it was always tough. That's the theme that is actually quite common with players that I speak to that, that almost a fear of losing your place when you're working in a normal job you, you, you never it's not so cutthroat that you're thinking ah, oh, if I'm sick or something someone else is going to take my place but as a footballer if you're out for a couple of months you're like wow someone can step in is that a, mm-hmm. is that something that worried you or did you just take it on your chin I mean it's part of it you know each week you've got a squad of 23 24 players and only 11 are happy Eat, come each Saturday, you know the rest of you were not. It's um, it's it's a tough, yeah, it's a tough environment to to earn your living. I know, I know. There's don't get me wrong. There's there's some, it, it's, you're doing something you love. Um, the hours are not always as long. You know, the, the the money can be quite good if you get to the right levels. But but it is it's it the demands, the mental demands are tough. Most of the players in lower leagues will be signing one, two year contracts, and you know if you get injured, you know, and you're out of the team, then then you've got that real prospect that someone else will come in, take your place, and and that'll be you. You won't get back in. So it is, it is a, for any player, it's a it's a real concern. I suppose the players at the top level can can uh, can console themselves with their hundred thousand pounds a week. 
which probably makes it a little bit easier to uh, to to bite. But um, but yeah, definitely in the lower levels, it's uh, it's tough. You can you, an injury can can you know even an injury that doesn't end your career can severely halt your career if someone comes in and takes your place. Mm, but yeah, I, I guess that's just something that over over the time in your long career that you just have to get used to. I guess um, looking at this very successful promotion season uh yeah again we had a, a nice strong end to the season and you scored this is just an interesting piece of trivia you scored against in a draw in april against rochdale and the opposition's striker was ricky lambert who scored two yes if you... he did although one of those was actually that was an own goal wasn't it Oh, possibly, but yeah, obviously, well, no, I, 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 no, it was from me. It was an own goal by me. <laughs> Ricky Lambert took a free kick, and I actually it flicked off my head and went in, but they gave it to him, so I wasn't about to argue. Oh, nice one! I did know that. Uh, <laughs> yes, <laughs> but you scored as well, though, according to this. I scored you. Yeah, minute. Yeah, you yeah. Scored at both ends. Yeah, oh. I did. Yeah, well, like I say, it was it was never counted at the other at, at the at, as an own goal, so I, I was never That's gonna fun. I was never gonna stand up and say, hey, wait a minute, <laughs> that was mine. So, um, so, yeah, I no, think no. as a footballer, you should claim every goal, including <laughs> up. You just said I'm having that. That's fine. It was a great header. <laughs> yeah, no, I let that one go. I was happy for Ricky to take that one, but uh, but yeah, again. Uh, it's a tough place to go up there, but great again, Ricky uh, Lambert, what a great player, and uh, went on and had a phenomenal career from from spending quite a lot of time in the lower leagues as well. Played against him at a few different teams. I always thought it was strange. He played for he played for Liverpool. Like what an amazing move! And I remember thinking, I'm sure he used to play for Watchdale or someone Stockport or someone, and uh, it showed yeah. you the like, massive rise in his career. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, you wouldn't have called it. I mean, he was always very good and scored goals and obviously did really well at the lower levels. I remember playing against him at Bristol Rovers and again, always did well and scored goals. But if you'd have said to me at that point he was going to go on and play for England and Liverpool, I I would have been surprised. (laughs) I would have questioned you. But, you know, that's football. I've seen over my career lots of players who I thought should go on and do really, really well and play at the highest level who didn't. And other players who... You know, you, you just never expected who um who who went on and had really really good careers. So there's so much there's so much that that's rolled up in it that it's not just to do with your ability. You know, there's so much else that comes into it. And uh, and and yeah, it's, it's it's tough. It's tough to forge out a career, and it's tough, really tough to get to the top levels. What about personally? Do you, do you think that you could have played slightly slightly higher if the the, the dice had rolled another way? Yeah, I mean, I I. I uh, obviously made. I went to Leicester and <clears throat> played in the Championship briefly. It, it didn't work out for me there. But yeah, I think I think I, I I should have played. I should have played more in League One definitely. Um, and I think you know, say, but for a promotion here or there, I would have done. And then I think I could have I could have nicked I could have nicked another year maybe or two in the Championship. Um, if, if the dice had rolled my way but you know I, I can't complain I had a great career and, and at the end of the day I played for you know I played professionally for for 15 years and you know you 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 end up after that amount of time you end up where you should be so um so I you know I can't complain I don't I don't think I didn't have a good crack at it that's for sure I couldn't say that um that I didn't get the chance so uh, so no I've got no complaints it was it was nice though that that final season in Northampton was capped with promotion we finished second must have been a really nice moment after the two sort of stumbling at the last hurdles to finally get over the line and do it automatically there must have been a nice sort of celebration with Colin and the rest of the team and stuff no it was tremendous absolutely tremendous yeah no I've got great great fond memories of uh, of going up that that season and you know there was a bit of a bit of relief at the end of that year because I think towards the end it was we we yeah we obviously we needed to make sure we got into the automatics we definitely didn't want to be going in the playoffs again um so you know it was uh, a bit of relief that we'd avoid the playoffs but yeah fantastic feeling and really good side and and um and yeah it was uh, a great sort of end to my three years there um and uh, and yeah couldn't have asked for it to end in a better way really it was like i said uh, a really good period of the club being on an upward curve and mm. some very good players that you played with and after you left Northampton I, were, I I'm not I wasn't really aware of your career maybe because you left that was it 
that was it. Like, once you left, <laughs> you're nothing. <laughs> but, like you said, you played for went to went to Leicester. Like amazing. Yeah, I mean, but really good. I must have it. Must be. Yeah, went to Leicester, which was a which was great. You know, what a great club. And uh, I think I probably was the like the kickstart for them towards their Premiership win. So I think that was the. <laughs> you was the <laughs> that was the thing that really got them moving. But no, no. I mean, I, I went there, and Leicester at the time was was it was struggling really. The finances there were tight, and um, we were we were sort of down the bottom of the Championship, and. Um, yeah, the, the the club was sort of trying to get itself going again, um, but it was great, you know, great great for me. It didn't quite work out, but um, but a great experience, and uh, and yeah, you know, really pleased that I, that I got to do it. Now this comes to a, a very very dark period of your career when you decided <laughs> to sign for Peter United, Josh. Can you explain to us uh, how you betrayed all the Northampton people with by doing this? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, so obviously I I things hadn't worked out at Leicester and. Um, uh, Peter Bird come in and and uh, yeah again this was a um, you know it was a club that at the, that point had a new owner and they were they were really you know looking to to push on and and, and get themselves up to the divisions and and they you know I went there and um, spoke to Barry Fry and the chairman and and I knew I knew quite a few of the lads there and just it just felt like the right fit for me at that point my family was still based in Northampton um, so we hadn't left. So I wanted to stay in that area of the country. Um, I could travel over to Peterborough, which was a big, you know, which was a big consideration for me at that point in that we wanted to stay where we were. So, you know, it was just, it, it, it all fit for me and my family at that point. Um, and, uh, and and obviously went there and, and had, you know, th- three good years there and, and another promotion. So, um, so yeah, I don't, you know, regret it in that respect, but I'm sure, yeah, the Northampton fans <laughs> won't, won't look too kindly on it. No, I can understand that. We'll, we'll, we'll forgive you uh, eventually. It might take a few years. Uh, were you living in, when you played for Cobblers? Where were you living? Were you living in Northampton? Or yeah, so I lived. Yeah, I lived in Northampton, um, to like two minutes from the ground. But, that yeah, was easy for the ground then, anyway. Oh, home. It lost was within ten minutes. Let's yeah, get home. <laughs> it was ideal. Two minutes, and I was home. So no, we loved it. I'd say my time in Northampton really, really fond memories. My twins were born in Northampton, and um, you know we lived there. Uh, uh, my wife thoroughly enjoyed it made some really good friends so yeah now we've got really really good memories of, uh, of living and, and playing there well that's um yeah it's, it's always nice to hear that you've got affinity with Northampton and you left you made the right decision to leave Peterborough and you went to uh, Cheltenham Town and you had quite a few years there as well actually yeah so at that point we decided we want to get back because I'm from Bristol so we wanted to get back to the southwest my wife's from Cardiff and yeah. um, both our families are based in this area so we were looking to get back to the southwest I had an offer from Swindon and from Cheltenham um, but I think I remember at the time Swindon wanted me to go on trial for a month or a week or something and whereas Cheltenham were just you know they wanted to sign me so I made the decision to go to Cheltenham and uh, yeah and, and and again thoroughly enjoyed it there I had had four four years at Cheltenham we had a did have a relegation but uh finished up with a, a playoff and my only playoff final which was uh, again although I was injured so I didn't actually play but we made it to the playoff final at Wembley which was which was a great sort of top off to six playoffs where I hadn't where I hadn't got to a final were Cheltenham a league club by that point? Because they, they, they had a rich history in non-league, but I wasn't sure if they were a league club by then. Yeah, so it was League One when I joined them. So we were League One, and then we got relegated yeah. that first season, I believe it was, yeah. And then we had three seasons in League Two, um, where I think we had two seasons where we struggled a bit, and then the third season where we uh, got to the playoffs and obviously lost in the playoff final to Crew. By and large, you had a lot of... Uh, seasons of you know success and positive seasons you were not fortunate because you put a lot of work in but you know that was that was that was good good for you yeah no definitely I think I look back on my career and I had um two relegations um and three promotions and six playoffs so of sort of the 15 years I was playing 15 16 years I, I played professionally um 12 of those I was either at the top of the table or or, or going or you know something with something big was happening so mm. um so it was yeah and, and the majority of those were, were promotion teams so no I was incredibly fortunate I was you know lucky enough to um 
be voted by my fellow fellow pros into the team of the year for League Two a couple of times as well, which I was always really really proud of. I think when your fellow professionals vote for you as one of the best players in the division, then that you know you can't ask for more than that. I'd rather have that than than anyone else saying it. So so no, I I yeah incredibly lucky. Enjoyed a you know really really good good career and um, and yeah and. and uh, had some some real highs and, and obviously a few lows as well thrown in. I think when you can look back at your career with, with real like you know happiness and pride, that's you know, that's brilliant. Because not every player, even you know people that really work their backside off, sometimes they have a lot of bad luck or just things mm. don't fall right. But you had a lot of of good times. Um, was this the point when you were thinking I need to be thinking about my career after football now? Yeah, well, well I I started. I mean, I started thinking about that at Northampton. So right. I, um, my first year at Northampton, I'd already, so when I was at Cardiff, I went to night school and did um, A-levels. And then um, when I went to Northampton, I signed up to the Open University and did my law degree through the Open University. Um, so I'd been planning it for, for quite a while. So it took me, took me probably 10 years from start to finish to, to get through my A-levels, my degree, and then to finish my... Um, my training as well as a solicitor so so something I'd been planning for, for quite a number of years and then got to the point at Cheltenham where um, my contract came to an end and, and that seemed like the logical step to then move into the law. That's really interesting that your legal career sort of started at Northampton and I wasn't aware that you were doing your maybe I'm, you know that's something that's not really shared too much but you were doing some uh, your studies when you were at Northampton and you did you choose to play for Bath so you could play play football and yeah studying at the same time Bath, Bath yeah. City. yeah that was right so I, I went to Bath so that I could so I was a trainee solicitor at the time so I was probably the toughest two years of, of, of my life in terms of I was trainee solicitor so I was doing you know long hours um learning learning the ropes as a solicitor but then also training driving over to Bath to train two or three nights a week and then and then driving all over the country uh, well all over the south of the country on, on Saturdays to play games so yeah it was um it was I take my hat off to to players who who do non-league football and have jobs as well and do that as their whole for a whole career because it is tough it is really really tough but um but yeah again something I enjoyed and, and a really a different experience. How did your teammates did you tell your teammates what you're doing were they receptive to it and everything or did yeah, you get a bit of jiving yeah. they they call you the judge or whatever <laughs> <laughs> no so I, I told them yeah so they knew what I was doing and um I think uh, I'd always be one of the first picks if there was a quiz going on um <laughs> but um but yeah I, I you know I think that they it's amazing how many uh, lads sort of bury their heads in the sand and don't think about I think it's getting better now and I think the PFA uh particularly uh, good at, at, at making players aware of the fact that they need to think about what they could do afterwards but but definitely when I was playing there was not m- many players who were thinking about what they were going to do afterwards not many at all and um, you know I'm glad I did because it's obviously given me a c- career after the game but uh, but, um, but no the lads were always good with it yeah. That's a good point and um, going back to speaking to Ryan Gilligan I'm not sure he you're aware or you've spoken to him but he, he's now a qualified architect so oh, okay didn't know that no I didn't know that yeah yeah he was playing in Sweden for Oshtashuns with uh, Graham Potter and at the time he said right I'm gonna I want to study uh, architecture and that's about right. time okay. oh, so speaking really you Gilligan and if we get any few more we've got an architect a lawyer we've got a few uh, sort of highbrow uh, professions going on but um <laughs> yeah you're you're now just a you know a working lawyer, aren't you? Can you explain sort of what you do on a day to day basis? Yeah, so uh, I work for a um, firm in Bristol. So we're a big commercial law firm. Um, sorry, we're the sixth biggest in in Europe, and um, yeah, so it's obviously very different. I spend a lot more time indoors, sat down, than I ever used to. Um, yeah, it's it's, it's uh, I'm a commercial property lawyer. Um, so yeah, it's long days, challenging, very challenging work, but, but exciting. We do we do some really cutting edge deals with some really big clients, and uh, yeah, something that I've adjusted to, and uh, and and now I go and watch my son, or both my sons play football, and that's how I get my football fix nowadays. Okay, that's cool. And do you, have you have you felt? I've spoken to uh, some other players, and they've 
felt a bit of a void after finishing football and the buzz of playing? Have you felt that or have you had a bit of more of an easier transition into office um, placement? It's funny, I didn't feel the void until recently. Recently, it started to hit me. Um, I don't know why that is, but I I think maybe because I moved into the law and I was so busy concentrating on that and trying to make it work and you know and trying to and trying to adjust to that that I didn't really have time to think about it. But in the last year or so, I've definitely missed it, missed it more. And um, you don't realise it at the time. And obviously, everyone tells you how good it is and 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 tells you how lucky you are. But you know, you, no one ever appreciates something until until it's gone. And mm. um, and yeah, to, to 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 love what you do. And to go in every day like I don't think <clears throat> like nowadays you know you have those Sunday blues uh, at, at work which you know where you're thinking oh god I got work on Monday morning I never ever sure. ever had that as a player as a player mm. I don't think I even knew you know knew when the weekend was you know apart from playing the games you just you just you know you didn't you didn't never you just couldn't wait to get back into training again and that was that was always the way it was for my whole career so no again incredibly fortunate to have done it for as long as I did. What position does your son play then? Does he follow in your footsteps and like a winger, wing back, or is he different, different position? He is very, very different to me. He knows he is a centre half. <coughs> yeah, so oh, he's wow. he's a he's a big strapping central defender. Um, so yeah, you couldn't if you ask most of the people I played with, you probably couldn't get polar up more polar opposite to me <laughs> than that. He's on the verge of possibly getting a pro contract, um, but they haven't done any announcements yet for City because. Uh, because obviously with the lockdown, everything that's been going on. Yeah, so your son, clearly a good footballer, um, following in your footsteps. Do you ever think of, right, I've got my law law career, I'm missing football a bit, when I do a little bit of coaching or, you know, edging back in that sort of way? Yeah, so I've got so I've got two sons. My eldest is 18, who's obviously with Bristol City, and then I've got my younger son, who's 14, and I, I help coach his sort of uh, under-14 local team, Um and I've been involved with that for a few years, so I so I still keep involved uh, in that way, and I really really enjoy that. And they're they're a great bunch of lads, and uh, and and I do really enjoy being involved and and doing the coaching. But but yeah, actual sort of professional coaching and management that's never it was never something that I really wanted to 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 get back involved with, and uh, well not at the moment anyway. So you never know, we'll see. How would you characterise your time at? Northampton wrapping up how would you how would you sum it up obviously a really positive time that you look back on yeah great great time in my life great time for me and my family um you know exciting time for us as well my, my wife and I we were you know we were we were young we'd, we'd had we just had our, our you know we had twins we had a young son so it was a, it was a really exciting time for us that you know we were we were always pushing for promotion you know we had uh, the club was looking to go forward so the whole the whole thing just felt really positive and uh, I, I look back on it with just fond memories really fond memories and uh, only disappointment being that we didn't get promoted sooner um, which I think would have you know then I could be looking at maybe a league good some good league one seasons and even possibly us nicking a promotion to the championship but um but 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 it didn't happen so no just uh yeah really fond memories yeah at least at least you know the club got there in the end and finished the job off and uh yeah, yeah. and um, we have such sort of talented personnel on board I, I just personally like to say you know thanks for the shit you put in for the the club and um uh, you be nice to see you back up at six years when football returns come and watch a game don't know if you ever come and watch a game but no I'd love that yeah I would love that I have I think I spoke to one of the the, the historian I think when the, there was a bar in the new stand that was supposed to be opening a while back the um yeah Legends bar and I think I was gonna hopefully have some sort of involvement in that and I was gonna come along but um but yeah I know that that got derailed for a little bit <laughs> Well, the, well, the that's a whole other legal story, uh, yeah, Josh. So back to that one. <laughs> I, won't, I won't get involved in that, but um, but yeah, no, I'd love to. Yeah, so they'd love to come up, and it'd be great to see see a few of the old faces and yeah, and watch the team. Yeah, that'd be definitely, and I'll, I can put you in touch with the local radio if you fancy doing any punditry and stuff. But it just yeah, yeah it'd just be nice to um, see you back up at Sixfields, and um, yeah, so thanks for taking the time out to talk to me. A lot of people will be um, interested in how your life is. Uh, progressed and to your legal field but thanks a lot and take care and i'll speak to you soon yeah no cheers tom good to speak to you cheers mate bye-bye cheers bye bye ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well 
HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.